Colorado still has a couple years with Shadur Sanders, but they may have found the perfect replacement for him down the line. You are Locked On Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Bus. I am your host, Kevin Borber. Today's episode of Locked on Bus is brought to you by our sponsors over at PrizePix. Go to prizepix.com slash college and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Okay, let's talk about Colorado. They've obviously had a bye week. They've obviously had a lot of time to think about their loss and maybe given us some time to think about the future. We've discussed it multiple times on Locked on Bus already. Shadur Sanders. Possible first round pick, possible top 10 pick, maybe even the first overall pick of next year's NFL draft. It doesn't sound like he's going to leave after this year. And it seems like Colorado is recruiting as in the sense that they need to build around him now and they're going to build around him for next year. But that means that they're going to need a replacement for him in 2025. And they may have gotten the perfect guy in four star quarterback out of Warner Robins, Georgia, Antoine Hill. The 2025 commit is ranked as the 64th overall player in the country according to 24/7 Sports Composite Rankings, the number 6 quarterback, 11th player in Georgia. This is what Andrew Evans of 24/7 Sports, their director of scouting, had to say about him. He's a big arm quarterback that has a chance to emerge as a true field general on Saturdays with his tools. He has operated primarily out of a spread attack at the prep level and continues to progress as both a passer and decision maker after getting the start as a freshman in one of the Peach State's highest classifications. He looks the part from a physical standpoint with an opposing frame that's pushing six foot five, so he's pretty big, 215 pounds, shouldn't be classified as a true true dual threat, and has been and hasn't been featured on a ton of design runs over the year, but is athletic enough to pick up chunks of yards yardage when he scrambles. Can generate a ton of velocity as he likes to establish a wide base and let it rip while snappy shoulders allow for a quick release. He shows touch on deep shots, but needs to get more consistent with his ball placement, especially when looking to attack the short to intermediate parts. Uh, he threw for 70%, completed 70% of his passes this past year with 23 touchdowns uh, against two interceptions through seven games. And yeah, so in 2022, he led Houston County to a tiny three record and a regional quarterfinal quarterfinal appearance of Georgia's one, two, three, I think six, a uh, playoff max prep sophomore, all American team selection completed 268 of 380 passes, 70, 70%. 3,600 yards, 40 touchdowns, three picks, and then sent a single season record for completions and percentage so and his dad uh, or his cousin excuse me former 24 7 recruit or top 24 7 recruit and all-american played at georgia so obviously a good bloodline there and i think colorado got a good quarterback there he's a, a massive massive signal caller uh, like I, he's six foot five is what they have him listed as and he might grow another inch or two uh just based on how young he is so he could be up to six, anywhere from six foot six to six foot seven at the shortest, he'll be six foot five, which um, that's pretty big for a college quarterback. That's pretty big for the quarterback in general. I feel like uh, nowadays, I feel like they're more in the, the six foot to six foot four range. Like Shadur is six foot two. So this guy has three inches and probably more on Shadur, has a huge arm. And I think in an offense like Colorado's, where they look to spread the ball all over the field, they look to hit their playmakers downfield. This is the perfect offense for Antoine Hill. And it's the perfect quarterback for Colorado because not only does he want to go somewhere where he could throw the ball all over the yard, but they need a quarterback that can make every throw. And I think 
he will have because they have Danny O'Neill who's coming into this class this year. Uh, will who will probably be behind Shadur and Ryan Staub next year. They're going to have a three quarterback race, if not more. Uh, they might take in a transfer by that time. Who knows? Um, when twenty twenty five, when the twenty twenty five class rolls around. But hey, they have a lot of options. I think while Colorado is building around Shadur right now, and they are fully confident in what he could do, there's always got to be life after whatever their current situation is. And Shadur Sanders, for as great as he is, Max only has a couple more years uh, as a Buffalo, and so. I would say that I'd go as far to say Antoine Hill is the the quarterback of the future for Colorado. I think he has all the intangibles and he picked them over. And I think a lot of people have been talking about Deion Sanders and his ability to recruit uh, some other notable offers that he had. Um, Mr. Antoine Hill had before committing was Alabama, Auburn. He had offers from Florida State, Georgia. Georgia Tech, Miami, Notre Dame, Tennessee, UCF. So he had major offers, programs in his vicinity, and Coach Prime, the Coach Prime effect, strikes again because he brings in a kid from Georgia who I bet you in most cases, like if Coach Prime is is still obviously, I guess, say he's not at Colorado, say he's not coaching, this is a, probably the type of kid that ends up at Alabama, Georgia, or a major SEC power, and Colorado lured him away out of SEC country. And now, if you go to their 2025 class, it ranks as the number 11 class in the country. They have their quarterback of the future in Antoine Hill, four-star. Then they have Winston Watkins Jr., the wide Uh, they're all Georgia, Florida guys, and that's the, the footprint that Coach Prime wanted, and it's evident that he's having success down there. And I don't know if Sean Lewis is going to be here by the time that Antoine Hill gets here, but I'm sure Coach Prime, just be, not because he's going to get fired, but I feel like Sean Lewis will be due for a head coaching job by that point. And there's a lot of a lot of reasons to be excited about Antoine Hill. There's a lot of reasons to be excited about where this Colorado program is going. Obviously, the biggest criticism on Coach Prime right now is his recruiting class in 2024 isn't isn't rated the highest, but I think it's kind of a it's gonna I think 2025 has the potential to be that class where they get a top five class. And even 2024, maybe they build off of it. But right now there hasn't been a lot of movement there. So it's to be seen. But Colorado's making big moves and in a major way. When we come back, I'm gonna be talking about what I saw from UCLA's game against Stanford this weekend as I was there in attendance. And I think there's some things that are positive for Colorado, and I think there's some things that we should be worried about if you're a Buffs fan when we come back. Welcome back. We are talking about what I took away from Colorado or from UCLA's game at Stanford. Obviously, I would say that Colorado has a more talented team than Stanford, but Stanford got the best of Colorado, so therefore we have a lot to learn. Colorado has a lot to learn moving forward. I go to the Stanford game. I'm like, Stanford just pulled off a huge upset against Colorado. They came back from down 29-0. It was a huge thing. Colorado was penalized like crazy. Stanford was kind of the Colorado in this role in the sense that obviously they didn't build a lead at all, um, but they had 10 penalties for 112 yards and UCLA capitalized on every single one of them. They had a couple Stanford had a couple penalties in the red zone that killed their drives. They had a couple penalties that it was a roughing the passer or if it was a defensive holding 
And UCLA was able to, and both of those or a few of those were on third down or what would have been third down. So UCLA was able to capitalize. So if I'm Colorado, a team that is one of the more penalized teams in the country, this would be a matchup specifically that worries me because anytime you have a lot of penalties, it's not great. Anytime you have a lot of penalties and teams are able to capitalize off your mistakes, even worse, it is not great at all. Excuse me. And if I'm a Colorado fan, I'm hoping that they use this bye week to kind of figure out, obviously they all went on vacations and stuff like that, but I'm hoping that they took some time to think about what they could do to improve in terms of limiting, limiting instances of, okay, the other team really did nothing there. We allowed them to, or we put them in position to kind of hurt us. And that's what, that's been the, that's been Colorado's calling card is they allow teams to hurt them based off of mistakes they made. And so that was one thing I noticed was a lot of penalties set up UCLA. Ethan Garbers is now the, the starter for UCLA. And I imagine he's going to be moving forward. Uh, they had Dante Moore in there, but Dante Moore threw seven interceptions in three games. So they turned to Ethan Garbers and I've seen a lot of Ethan Garbers. I watched him a lot when I was working at the PAC 12 network. Cause I always, obviously when you're, cutting highlights of stuff you're always watching uh, certain games and every time Ethan Garbers played and the past years it was he was all right he can make throws that were open he can make decent plays with his legs against Stanford he was 20 of 28 which is 70 percent I believe around 70 percent of his passes completed let me do the math real quick 20 divide by 28 yep 71% of his passes threw for two touchdowns on 8.6 yards uh, on average, averaging 8.6 yards per, per throw. He had a QBR of 90.8, and then he also ran for 51 yards. As a team, they ran for 221 yards, four touchdowns. And if I'm a Colorado fan, if I'm the Colorado defense, that's where I'm most concerned. I don't think I saw anything from these. Re- I think they have good receivers like um, Sturdivant, the Cal transfer, or even Kyle Ford from USC. They have decent playmakers at receiver, but it's their run game. Carson Steele, the Ball State transfer, is a powerful runner. And then they throw in TJ Harden, who I think has probably been outshined a little bit by Carson Steele. Uh, solid runner, six almost six yards per carry. He had 12, yard, or 12 carries for 55 yards and a touchdown. Carson Steele had 76 yards. They're a physical run team. They will run the ball down your throats, and they don't mind to run the ball a lot. They ran the ball 54 times against Stanford. Now, obviously it was a blowout. So I'm sure that factored in a little bit, but if you're Colorado, you need to figure out a way to kind of take the run game out of it and force, force Ethan Dart or Ethan Darbers, Ethan Garbers to, to beat you. I think he beat Stanford, but I also think Stanford's secondary isn't as good as Colorado's. And so Colorado secondary needs to be ready. They're going to be tested specifically Travis Hunter. He, had a rough showing against Stanford. He gave up a loan on Alec Io Manor. I think it was like seven catches for 130 yards. And obviously that was a tough kind of, it was like a welcome back game for him. He missed the previous few weeks and all of a sudden he's playing both ways. I don't know if another week off is going to help him. I think maybe they need to have him on a pitch count or something, but this UCLA team just, they do everything well in terms of running the ball and defensively they're solid. And they didn't have any turnovers with Ethan Garbers. And so I think their biggest weakness or their big, the times they're most vulnerable is when they turn the ball over. And I think that's why they kind of shied away from Dante Moore. I think Dante Moore is going to be a great quarterback someday, but right now uh, he has, he's too 
risky with the ball. He has seven interceptions in their three Pac-12 games, and three of them went for pick sixes, which is not great. And so Colorado's a team whose defense relies on the big play. And so I imagine Chip Kelly is going to be preaching smart decisions, ball security, all that this week as they prepare for the buffs. And then the other thing I noticed too is, because if you look at the stats, like Stanford had 292 yards of offense, like I said, Colorado or UCLA has a top 15 defense in the country. It was their third down defense that really was the difference, I think. And even fourth down. Stanford was a combined one for 15 on third and fourth down conversions, where UCLA was 10 for 18. So Colorado often, in the games that they struggle, it will be a run that loses yards or should their Sanders get sacked. So then it's like second and say 15. And then they bring some pressure and Shadur Sanders throws the ball away. And then it's third and long. And Colorado is not a good third and long team. They just have not performed well. And honestly, there's not many teams out there where it's like, okay, it's third and 15. This is exactly how, this is exactly where we want it to be. Like, that's just not how it works for any team out there. I think there's some teams that are more better suited to convert those long third downs, but no team wants to be in third and long. Every team wants it to be third and manageable. That's why you want to win on first and second down. And so UCLA's third down defense was great. Uh, they were kind of ready for anything. And I think Sean Lewis and Troy Taylor are similar play callers in the sense that they both like to get creative and they both like to get people in open space in unique ways. And UCLA was ready for just about every way possible. And so I would say that's something that we all need to, to look out for uh, moving forward. By the way, I need you guys to look out for moving forward is our sponsors over at Prize Picks because Prize Picks, if you're not familiar, let me tell you. Because they make they make everything easy. Uh, Prize Picks is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on the projected stats, and place your entry. They have quick withdrawals that have easy game and easy gameplay. An enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes Prize Picks the daily number one fantasy sports app. With us, with Prize Picks, what makes them special is their reboot policy. Your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured for NFL games and top 25 matchups in college football. If you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, the player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily, daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. So if you want to maybe get in and win some money, 20, 25 times your money, go to prizepicks.com slash college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. It is daily fantasy sports made easy. Go check it out. Welcome back to conclude the show. I want to talk to you about a little of what's going on around the Pac-12. Because I think as Pac-12 members, Colorado, current Pac-12 members, future Big 12 members, but the main goal for Colorado this year is to compete, right? And while it doesn't look like they will have a chance to win the Pac-12 title, they may have a chance to push for it at least. And so things could go wrong for anybody. Uh, but these are the biggest storylines around the Pac-12 that I wanted to discuss. USC, first of all, that's kind of the big one. Colorado kind of saw and explode, expose their defensive flaws. And then after that uh, Colorado game, USC went on to lose uh, two straight. They beat or they lost to Notre Dame and then they went out and lost to Utah this past week. And so I don't I don't want to say Colorado was the reason, but I'm pretty sure Colorado helped to give a blueprint on what to do or what not to do, maybe. 
they lost or they won they beat Arizona by two and then they lost to Notre Dame Utah and the biggest storyline around USC right now and this is something that I don't think Shadur Sanders would ever do and this is why I'm kind of tying it in um they want Caleb or not one guy Emmanuel Acho suggested that Caleb Williams sits out because it would hurt his draft stock and yada 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 and there's more risk than reward and one, I don't think that's something that Coach Prime would ever allow Shadur Sanders to do. I think that this is a team thing, and at the end of the day, that's that stood out as interesting to me. Uh, Colorado currently ranks, let's see, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8 in the, country, eight in the conference, ahead of Washington State, Cal, Stanford, and ASU. And then they're below Arizona, UCLA, who they could beat this weekend. Um, they're, Colorado's two games below 500 in the Pac-12 standings, which not great. Uh, but looking on their schedule and watching other teams around the Pac-12, these are the teams, because I've been talking about the, the teams that I think are vulnerable. I think UCLA, if Colorado can get the offense going, not turn the ball over, not give up, not give up, not give up. Excuse me, my mic went got muted there. Uh, they got to Ash and Daniels a lot. Uh, against Stanford and they brought him down four times and they pressured him another four or five. And so if Colorado could protect Shadur enough or maybe establish the run, which establishing the run against UCLA is tough. I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. No one's been able to do it, but they need to hit on their passes. They need to hit on open plays. They can maybe beat them. Oregon state, tough matchup, Arizona. That's a shootout game. I don't know what the over under, I, let's see if they have the over under. They don't have the over under. I would imagine it's going to be like 75 and a half because both of these teams can put up points in a hurry. And I think Colorado, if they win two out of their next three, they're going to be in better standings for the Pac-12 title. And then, obviously, all the other Pac-12 teams are playing each other at the top, so maybe things go wrong for a certain team. Who knows? Washington State is looking fraudulent. I think Colorado could win that game. I think they could beat them in a shootout. And then Utah has a lot of injuries. And so I think, realistically, looking at these next few games, I think Colorado's ceiling is to win four out of the next uh, – how many games? One, two, three, four, five. They could beat UCLA, they could beat Arizona, they could beat Washington State, Utah, maybe. Utah is very physical and defensive, but if Colorado could put up points on them, maybe they could win. So I would say for sure they have a good chance in three of them, and four of them is a possibility. And so if Colorado starts winning and messing around, going to win in. Utah's ahead of them. Currently, UCLA and Utah are currently two, three, four, five, six, and seventh in the conference. So Colorado's ninth, I believe I miscounted. If they beat both of those teams and Arizona, they could get up to fourth. And then Oregon and Oregon State are going to have to play each other. And so that would hurt one of them. And then USC has to play a few other teams. Colorado, like I said, they control their own destiny. It's not going to be easy by any means. They realistically, mathematically, are not eliminated from Pac-12 title contention yet. And I think they have a chance to kind of make some noise down the stretch. I think the bye week, while I think it sucked in the meantime, in the in the moment, to kind of lose a game in that fashion and have a 29 point lead and lose it. I think now they have all of the, all of their positive vibes and positive energy moving forward. And they have a chance to kind of make some noise down the stretch and maybe prove the doubters wrong and prove everyone who's saying, Oh, they're a sub 500 team wrong because they have what they have working for them is they have health at key positions. They have an elite quarterback and maybe an improved defense. Who knows what, what's going to go? What's going to happen with that defense? I imagine that they're going to figure out a way to improve it somehow. Maybe they get more guys back. So, look out for Colorado down the stretch. They have five games left. 
and they may be a team that makes some noise um, in the final few weeks. And that'd be huge for Coach Prime. That'd be huge for Colorado. And that'd be huge for the Big 12 and the Pac-12. And maybe they are able to end the season on a hot streak, win a bowl game or win a bowl game. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But I look forward to to seeing what happens and telling you guys along the way. I appreciate you guys for tuning in to Locked on Buffs. Tomorrow's episode, we're going to have a special guest, Colin Moore from Life in Football. will be joining the show to be talking about all things Colorado. And I appreciate you guys for tuning in every single day and making us your first listen. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. It's your team every single day. I'm Kevin Borber. This has been another great episode of Locked on Buffs.